Hey y'all, welcome back to What the Hell Do I Do Now? I'm your host, Genevieve Henderson, and I am so excited that you've tuned in. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, send it to your friends and family, anyone who resonates with the things we talk about. So, here we go y'all, hope you enjoy. Steiner here today with us and Lily Girl, her little pup, speaking to us about going from being done, graduating, and then finding out she has a fifth year and having the opportunity to play and not even play, but play at a, a different program, a different school while in grad school. Hey guys. Yeah. So, Jen, as you just said, it was kind of insane finishing up school and I know you know this, but I graduated a semester early. So I finished the season in October and then kind of December, I was like, all right, like I'm starting the real world. I got to figure this out. I have only a few months left until I don't have anything. I don't have school to focus on. I don't have soccer to focus on. Like, what the heck am I going to do? And I randomly got a text probably December or January. So I was working full time at the coffee shop and I was like, you know, I'm going to do this until I figure out what career path I want to pursue and we'll go from there. And I got a text in January from Tam and Tam was the one who said, Hey, like, what are, what are your thoughts on playing soccer again? And I was like, were you at work when this happened? Were you, I, I I vaguely remember like you coming in or something and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> I think I was at home and I was like, I didn't even have his number saved. And I'm like, and I love Tam, but like, obviously we've never texted before. So I was like, <laughs> uh, okay. Like, but I was like, ha like co-ed, what, you, what do you mean? <laughs> and I'm, he's you like, never no. who it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I mean, sure. Like what team needs me? And he's like the Citadel. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And so I was so confused because I didn't even know I had a year of eligibility left. And it turns out that I think it was my junior year because it was never discussed. It was never a formal conversation of, Hey, this is what's going to happen. We're going to redshirt you. It was nothing like that. I just never played. We kind of wrote it off for an injury, whatever. And so I wasn't even aware that going further in my career was an opportunity, let alone, I didn't even realize if it was something I wanted to pursue. And so that was in January. And then he said, how about you sit down with Kieran, talk to him, figure that out and just hear him out. And so I was like, okay. And we all in Charleston know kind of the concept of like the Citadel and the reputation and all that sort of stuff. And you're like, I don't know about all this, but anyway, I was like, all right, I'll listen to what Kieran has to say. And so I talked to him and he pretty much said like, oh no, you wouldn't be going to undergrad. Like you'd pursue a grad degree. And while you do that, you'd come back, you'd play for a fall and that'd be that, but we would cover a full academic year. And immediately I said, yes, I didn't, I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't consult. I just, I was sitting there and I was like, well, sure. Why not? And I remember leaving the office and I called my mom and I was like, uh, 
I just agreed to play soccer for another year. Um, so I'm going back to grad school and I'm also going to play for another division one program. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I don't know. I feel like it was kind of like my saving grace in that moment because it was like the purpose that I was looking for at that time in my life. And I was like, you know what, even if I can just dedicate my energy to something, I can dedicate the spring to training, the summer to training and whatever it might be. And just feel like I have a purpose again. And this time it wasn't necessarily about the soccer. And I kind of talked to the coach and we had that agreement of this is strictly a business deal. I'll come, I'll play, I'll show up, I'll give my 110%. I'll do all the extracurriculars, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm here for my grad degree. And it was nice that we were on the same page. There was no misconception of what the concept was for both of us. And it made conversations moving forward easier. And it kind of made me in a way more invested of, okay, this is, this is what you're doing because you're getting your grad degree out of it. And it was so much of like, this is you pursuing something. This isn't society telling you, you need to go to college or your club coach telling you, you need to go try and play division one. This was strictly me being like, you know what? Why the hell not? Like, why not play again? <laughs> oh, it gives me chills. That's oh. so awesome. Yeah. What was the biggest difference between CFC and Citadel? Well, there were a lot of differences, like team aspect and stuff like that. But I think personally, my pursuit in it was so different. My mindset going in was, I've already done this for four years. I think I have a good understanding of the girls and the level of competition and the way coaches operate. And so it was so much of like, just do this for yourself. This is quite literally the definition of a second chance, like a victory lap, whatever you want to call it. So treat it like that. Go to practice every day being like, oh my God, I get to practice again. Like I get to play flying changes, even though oh, I used to dread it. I miss whatever. it. <laughs> just whatever it may be. And so I just think that my mentality was so different of this is you doing this for you. This has nothing to do with anyone else. And yes, I bought into the team aspect. Don't get me wrong, but it was so liberating in a way of doing it for me. Was it hard going into a team where you had to learn everyone's name again? You went from being a senior, you knew everyone, everyone knew you, you were a leader on the team to you're the new kid on the block, but you're also an upperclassman, but you don't really know anyone. Oh yeah. I don't think majority of the people liked me because on top of being the new kid, I was the new kid that everyone talked about. I was the new kid from CFC. I was the kid that already had four years under her belt and she's coming to take your spot. And so it was kind of uncomfortable and they all knew that it was a business transaction. So they were kind of like, she doesn't care. She, she doesn't know what we've been through. And to be quite frank, playing for a military school, their mentality within the program itself is so different than what students like us used to experience. So they already have such a camaraderie mentality going into everything that the new person was completely outcasted and it was tough to be like, no guys, like you can rely on me. And so it was hard changing my, like changing all of that within three months because that's how long I was there for. So also they didn't really care. They're like, well, she's going to be gone in three months. And I kind of thought the same at the end of the day, when you're there, you want to be as present as possible. And so to earn the trust of them, and that's what playing the game comes down to. Like, if you don't trust the person standing next to you, how are you going to play with them? 
And so having to be kind of courteous off the field of like, hey, I'm your friend. I'm not trying to do anything, you know, and especially with the age gap, because majority of those girls when I played with them were freshmen and sophomores. So it was so different being that much older. And maturity wise, in the sense of like, you have a full time job, you graduated college, you kicked ass in like double majored. I mean, you were like star student, had your shit together for what it seemed from my perspective. And then coming in and still like, I mean, I saw you out there. You're like, you step up, you shift over like immediately, just pretty much barking orders on the field. I I mean, I can imagine like these kids are like, holy shit, who's this girl? Yeah. And that's the thing too. It's hard to go into a military school and you be the one directing them. Like, Hey, I don't know you, but for the next hey, you. 90 minutes, fucking step we're up. Play. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you with the hair, I'm going to need you to go up the side. It's finding that perfect balance of how do I earn their trust, but how do I also command respect and show them, I know what I'm doing, please, like for the greater good and for the sake of us winning, listen to me for the next 90 minutes and the second we step off the field you can hate me all you want but <laughs> for right now this is what I'm here for what do you think was the biggest difference so when you were done at CFC season's over we're done in your mind that was end of the career what was the difference in feeling at Citadel last game end of your career and now you're like okay I think I'm actually done now was there a change in how you felt or do you think it was the same feeling I don't think it was the same feeling at all. I still remember finishing at CFC. Both times I finished my careers were on losses. And that's that's just the name of the game. Usually it's in conference, whatever. And finishing at College of Charleston, it was just gut-wrenching. And you're that was just when the weight of the world came crashing down on you. And you're like, holy cow. Because you're not just thinking about that season. You're thinking like everything I trained for, all of those Saturday morning practices as an eight-year-old, all of the homecomings I never went to. And for this moment to feel this way. And you're like, this isn't as fun as they said it would be. (laughs) But then (laughs) finishing at the Citadel, just having that understanding of this was your second chance. And you honestly got to treat it how you wanted it and you could make the most of it. And I feel like I did. I feel like in that season was a lot of closure for me personally. And I walked off the field at Samford way different than I walked off the field at College of Charleston. I was just like, okay, and that's the end. And I felt like I could close the book and finish on a high note. And I think for that reason specifically, I was able to walk away from the sport, appreciating it, respecting it, loving it more than I had ever had. Because the first time it was such a shock. And then this time was like, all right, you can, you can do this. You, and also you've done it once. You already thought you were done. So now you're really done. (laughs) When you were done soccer, obviously you were working full time and you were in grad school. What routine? I mean, you already had a really solid routine. Did you add anything in, take anything out? Did you change the routine that you had before? What did that look like? I think working in college and playing a sport as though you understand, I feel like we were stupid to do that. I think anyone would tell you that you are, you're like, you're spreading yourself so thin, blah, blah, blah. And, but even like 15 to 20 hours a week or whatever you could get in order to work, it just, it gave you an outlet. 
did you feel the same way? And yeah, well, because we had people that we knew outside of soccer. Like we could go up to the bar and hang out with those guys. We could hang out in the coffee shop. I mean, we had friends that weren't associated with a sport. Exactly. Which and I so think I- really helped. Yeah. And so the transition from having soccer to then only having school and work was kind of seamless in a way. It definitely sucked because I was like, whoa, like I'm going to actually have to start like working out on my own and stuff like that, which is just awful. But (laughs) it was more so I was so grateful that I had already thrown myself into a job in undergrad because I was like you can pour your heart and your effort into something else and that at the end of the day that's kind of what it is with soccer you were just like I'm dedicating my time my effort my energy my thought process all of these different things to this sport but you can also do the same thing in a job and so to be able to a have that outlet in school of being able to go to the coffee shop and being like you know what? I'm not going to talk about soccer you guys don't even know my teammates no one will know like, exactly. that I even played if I didn't exactly know, I didn't tell you. like you don't even know where my field is located. So you're not going to care. So never having those conversations was kind of nice. And sometimes it was tough, like living with your teammates, because I felt like that's all we would talk about every meal, every car ride, everything. You were either analyzing the game, analyzing practice, talking about another player. It gets so exhausting because think about that with a job. Like you don't go home to your significant other and just spew all that at them every single day, nonstop. You have other things to talk about. So having to go to work was so nice. And then because I was already working, it was kind of the easier transition. (laughs) And also working kind of helped. We already knew what it was like to go to work and you're there for the next six to eight to ten hours people maybe who hadn't had that before it was a shock exactly like yeah you, sit, you actually sit in the same building for the next eight hours are you kidding I mean we got lucky because we got to see a ton of people all the time and we weren't sitting we were standing but still I mean it's a small a tiny coffee shop that you're just staring at the same wall all day yeah. And I think too, I'm sure there's plenty of parents still to this day that say like, well, your sport is your job and that's great. But my first job, like now looking back and talking to other people, I'm like, you had a job when you were 13 and I didn't like, I was either working a soccer camp or, you know, something tiny, like a summer gig. I was never actually like going in, clocking in, closing one night, opening the next morning. It wasn't anything like that. And so to understand like, oh my God, wait, this is what I have to do after soccer, but I have to do this 40 plus hours a week. Like what? And so it was, I was so thankful that I kind of had that wake up call while I was doing soccer as well. Cause I was like, oh, I got a little taste of the nine to five life and it's not that fun, but I'm going to have to do it. (laughs) It's coming for me. Yeah. And I can't imagine if somebody had never worked and I get it because your sport is your job. It takes up so much time. And so transitioning from a sport to an actual job, whatever that might be, whether it's serving or working at a desk, whatever, it's like, oh, wait, what? Like, this is, this is a job. Meanwhile, I was playing my sport as my job. And now that's not the job anymore. It was so easy. It's just like looking back, but then during it, I'm like, this is so hard. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. And then also like me looking back on the amount of hours I actually did work during soccer season. I'm like, I worked 20 hours last week. <laughs> oh oh man. gosh. What did you appreciate most about your experience? Whether that's at the Citadel, College of Charleston, both. Honestly, and... I know this is like so corny, but whenever I look back on my experience at College of Charleston, I'm not necessarily ever looking back at like the greatest plays I had or like 
stellar wins or overtime this and that I'm always looking at like my memories are like with my teammates and Mm -hmm. so I think the group of girls that I was given I would never trade for the world I always say like if I could take that and put it into my Citadel experience because it was so short and just having such a tight-knit team that we had would be my dream you know just two different cultures colliding but I still think that the camaraderie and my teammates are the best thing to ever come out of it. Because I look at you and I look at people like MK and Tracy and I'm like, y'all are my sisters. Like I, I can't imagine, I hear horror stories about other programs and I'm like, there's absolutely no way. Like I could not run two forties or anything like that. If I didn't have people next to me. I forgot about two forties. Oh my gosh. One twenties. Do you remember those two? (laughs) What would be your takeaway? I would say the same. The people that I left with, I I like cannot imagine not having, I don't know. Like you guys are my people. I've never met people that I can sit. I mean, I could sit in a room and like, we could, we don't have to talk about anything. I was just like, I would gladly just sit there and I've never met I've just never met such a close-knit group of people. Mitch did a good job, like, finding people who fit the program. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, whenever you look at schools, I mean, none of us went to College of Charleston to be the next professional. (laughs) You know, like, we weren't going to be the Alex Morgans of the world. And we all kind of realized that, obviously, or else we would have been at a better program. But I think going into that, we understood the culture and you're right, like kudos to the group of people that recruited us because we fit the team culture, the dynamic, the school, the coaching staff. And I, I can't imagine, it was a perfect fit. And and I remember like going in and being nervous, but I don't remember like having to get to know you guys. You know what I mean? You know, like at the beginning stages of friendship, it's just kind of awkward. Like, I don't remember those stages at all with you guys that I've had with other people. I don't either. And even looking back on like memories I have from my time at CFC, it's never, like I said, yes, like some of those wins, oh my gosh, I would kill to go back to those games or like be in that moment and just biting my nails like, oh my gosh, she gonna score, you know, just stuff like that. I would, I would trade a lot. But also at the end of the day, sometimes it's just like the funny stories of Amber calling Ellen Heron. <laughs> yeah. like stuff like that is what I hold on to or like, Costa Rica just so (laughs) just like doing the most ridiculous things too and I have I haven't laughed like I've peed my pants laughing so hard like I haven't laughed like that in forever and then it's always whenever we get back together it's it's the same I can't imagine not having that you're saying you know you have old teammates that from club maybe that played and they did not have that I've heard of other schools where you're friends with two people and that's it And I cannot imagine that. We all had such different journeys. And I'm talking definitely our class specifically. Like, don't get me wrong. The other classes were great. But like our class was, I think, one of the first large classes that stuck together. I think that's a testament to the program and to us as individuals. Like, I don't think we should sell ourselves short. But we all had such different journeys because there were so many of us that we all kind of took on different roles and I felt like I could go talk to you about something, but then also have a conversation with Mary. And there was always someone in our group that you could turn to for whatever it might've been. I think I took that for granted way more than I ever had. I definitely did. Making friends. I just assumed it was like as easy as it was to become friends with 
all of us and like become close, but it's hard to find people like that. And I completely took it for granted. Yeah. And that's another thing. It's like, it's kind of like people going into school, but not being a part of a club or a sorority or a team. It's like, how do you find those friends? And I'm like, well, I'm hitting that four years later. I mm-hmm. don't have friends. I, I mean, I do. I don't have any friends. <laughs> but it's like, how do you put yourself out there? And also, how do you put yourself out there as now a 21, 22 year old who kind of should know who they are, but you don't because you're actually going through one of the most pivotal moments in your life and you're ending a career that you've had for over 18 years. How do I, A, not talk about soccer, B, find friends and like, like, I don't even know what I like to do. How do I find people that like to do the same things I do if I don't even know? Exactly. And you know, I, I remember Killian going to school in Milwaukee and she's like, I just don't have friends. Like you were so lucky you were given friends. And I'm like, well, yeah, you're kind of right. But also I'm like, (laughs) but now I'm the person going through that four years later and it probably sucks just as much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I know that was a rude awakening. Definitely. But it's just so awkward, like trying to find friends. Yeah. Besides the ones we like, besides you guys. Cause I'm like, no offense to my future friends, but like y'all aren't going to top it. <laughs> exactly. And that's another thing too. I think the friends you make during such monumental moments in your life, like they're going to be completely different. Like the friend you have in high school, you're like, okay, well we're doing all like, we're going to algebra, you know, it's not like we all like, we're just together. So we'll be friends because we're exactly. You're not trying together. to navigate life and having identity crises every other week, you know, like mm-hmm. you're going through some of the most difficult time. And for me, like I moved 14 hours across the country and hadn't, I saw Charleston once before I did it. And I was like, we're doing this thing. And so it's like, and I'm like, I hope I like it. Is it right. And meanwhile, and I didn't have anyone there to move me in my on move in day in the dorm. Like my parents didn't come back. And so it's like, you just want to break down and cry. And that's totally fine because I have the coolest group of girls with me. And so building those friendships in such horrible, amazing, totally different emotional times is that's a friendship that you're never going to find again. Everyone hit their stride at different times, I think. And so I know like when I was struggling, I could come to you and you like saw me at my worst, you saw me at my lowest, but then you also saw me at like my highs. And so, and vice versa. And I think seeing that growth, I mean, we were babies you know we're literally basically grew up together so it's a different type of relationship and it's hard figuring out like hey you don't want to admit to out of anyone your teammate like that things aren't going well because then your teammate's gonna be like what the heck you know and you sometimes feel as if that's going to like a coworker or a boss and complaining quite literally about the workplace or airing your grievances and you kind of have to break that barrier down and be like, you know what? No, they were here with me. They heard this altercation I had with another girl or whatever it might've been. And they're going to be the people to lift me back up. And so it's kind of stripping away that pride that you once had and being like, I don't care if this person played 120 minutes last night, I need them to know that I'm having the worst time because of my situation. And it's letting go of whatever that pride ego mentality is. And it's just kind of saying like, I need your help. And we are in no way, shape or form in the same boat on this team, but please listen to me. Yeah. And I think as an athlete, you're taught never to ask for help. It's just, 
oh, that's a sign of weakness. And you got to You got to rely on someone. So why not the people that go through it with you? Great. I, that was an incredible point, Dakota. Like <laughs> I have chills. That was awesome. When we get hurt, break your leg, you go see a doctor because you have a broken leg, but like when we aren't doing well mentally and we're struggling emotionally, like you still have an injury, like maybe it's not physical, maybe you can't see it, but why is it so frowned upon to speak to it and acknowledge it? And I don't know, everyone has bad days, even now in soccer, out of soccer. I mean, people would be lying if they said they did not have a bad day, a bad hour. It sucks. Like still walking out to my co-ed games and seeing little kids playing and hearing their parents say like, don't cry, blah, 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 blah. And I get it. Like that's injury related, but that carries on. And that just, it is a vicious cycle. And to now where you're telling your kid, like, don't talk about this. Don't tune into what your brain is telling you or what your emotions are saying. Yeah, like fight through it. Like exactly. Like all of these quotes and stuff like that. Okay. That might be true for when you're on the field and in the moment, but sometimes that translates off the field. And then now all of a sudden we're not talking to people about how we're feeling because as athletes, you're taught like, no, you can't, that makes you weak or whatever the world is telling you. And that's horrible. I wish I could have gone to an athletic trainer and been like, I am not stable. (laughs) I'm really sad. And I've been sad. (laughs) And that's another thing. Like not only are you maybe letting your job soccer affect you, but you're going through, like we said, some of the most transitional years of your life, you are moving away. You're finding like your first serious, significant other. You're not being near mom and dad. And like, that's scary as hell. And so I don't know, like on top of the emotions that our sport and school gave us, we're also dealing with so much stuff outside of life because the fact of the matter is we're grownups now. We have an outside life and I don't know, it is wild to look at 17 year old Dakota. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I had no idea. (laughs) Life just was like, Boom. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I so vividly remember one time just walking down St. Philip Street on the phone with my mom, hysterically crying. And I remember Bello pulled over and he was like, You good? And I was, I'm fine. And it was just in that moment where I'm like, A, this is fine. You can cry in public, you can do whatever you want, but B, like, life comes at you hard, but like, you're going to get through it, you know? And I'm sure I probably went back home and watched music videos with you and Mary, but like, (laughs) and that's what's so like, I felt so comfortable coming to you guys and like coming to you guys when it was about life, but I never felt as comfortable when it was like, because of soccer, like if something happened with my family or like with school, I was fine being like, oh, like I failed my accounting test. Like, oh my gosh. But if it was soccer related, like I just, I never felt as comfortable because I just airing my grievances about the workplace, in which case our workplace was soccer. But I don't know. It was, I'm, I was so used to when I was younger practice, like suck it up, figure it out, like stop whining about it Uh when it wasn't necessarily like I was sad, you know, or I, I wasn't like trying to whine about not playing. I was like, I'm genuinely sad about soccer. I don't know. It was. yeah. And I think too, like how you were saying, like you were so quick to acknowledge your failures in life, like accounting or whatever. And like, I know for a fact that like hearing about other people's successes, you know, 
you getting a job at Fleet Feet or Lloyd's, I mean, and just like stuff like that. It's like, yes. And I remember you like starting at the daily and I was so pumped to share those successes with you. But when we have those moments in soccer, we're not as keen to share them with each other. And it's like, well, why is that the case? Like I should go home and be like, Jen, like this coach just said this about me. Like I'm on top of the world, blah, 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 blah. And it is hard because at the end of the day, I'm like, I kind of want to look out for Jen's feelings. I don't know what she's going through on the team, blah, blah, blah. It's like this tightrope, but how do you make it not as tricky? And sometimes it's talking to the people that you're competing for a spot with. And that's, yeah, it's like your best friends, but you're also like, well, I don't want her to see me sad because she's playing the same spot as me. And I like, I don't want to seem weak to them. Exactly. And like for you specifically, like starting a training session and going into a separate area, like, oh yeah, okay. And you want me to compete against these individuals? Ow, it's so tricky. It's so tricky. And then like when you're done soccer and you go into the workplace, like it was so hard for me not to take like the, the way I processed our past job into a job that's not the same. I mean, we're always trying to impress our boss, which is our coach. We're always like literally doing anything, working our ass off just to be 110%. Well, life in the office isn't necessarily always like that. Just because they're your boss doesn't mean they like own your world. Where in college, Mitch was our boss, but he was basically like our parent kind of. Yes. You know, so it's just a different comparison. Yes. I will say that everyone says like, well, you need to mention that you played a sport for this many years so that you're part of a division one program. That's great. And you're right. Like the lessons I learned of being on a team and having such drive. And if one person fails, we all fail sort of concept is so true going into the workforce. But at the end of the day, like some position, like my position right now is very self-reliant, which is kind of weird. It's like, well, this is all on me and my performance. And it's kind of liberating in a way like, okay, this, this is just you, whatever you do is successful. Whatever you do, the failure's on you. And me working for Mitch and playing soccer is so different. I thought I was going to take all of these lessons I learned of team spirit and this and that. And sometimes my job doesn't require me to go 110%, but I find myself doing it. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm just going to burn myself out. This is not the time or the place and trying to apply soccer into the real world is weird it's like a different atmosphere and we all had the same goals and similar values but then people that we work with might not and it's like well they have values that we've never really seen before because we've only been around the same type of people that's a really good point I never thought of that like we all voluntarily played college soccer because we were like, this is what we want to do. Not everyone that you're going to work with is voluntarily entering that field or entering that workplace because they want to succeed and win conference and do this stuff. And so it's like all of us bought into that idea. And that's why sometimes it was such a well-oiled machine. And then now you're in the workplace and you can't even get somebody to show up on time. And you're like, how can you buy into this? And so it's, it's frustrating to say the least, because you're so used to working with all these people that were always on the same page. It's always, you need to show up at weights for this time, because this is what this is going to happen. And we're going to do this drill because we want to be the best. And we all bought into it. 
to go to a workplace where some people are like, I'm just here. So don't get fine. Sort of gig. It's like, what is going yeah. on? And like having to be okay with that. Like, yeah. Oh, you like, aren't completely bought into this and that's fine. Like what? It's, yeah. It was, it's like still hard to think about. I mean, like in the place, I mean, the gym I work at, you legit have to be bought in because that's just how it is. And it's so easy to get bought in. The community is great and the work is great, but like, it's one of those jobs. You don't just want to wake up at three 30 or four. Like if you're not bought in, you're probably not going to work in that field. And like, same with your work, like you bust your ass. And if you're not bought in, like you're probably not going to be working in that field. Well, with the hotel, I think it's actually such a good example as to how it's not a, yes, it's a team mentality because if one department fails, we all kind of fail. But at the end of the day, the age range is such a difference. And also the purpose of why every employee works at the hotel is so different. You have surfers that are there to just kind of work on the weekends, earn some extra change. And then you have housekeeping and back a house in the watch and they're driving at home. They're trying to put food on the table for their kids. And it's like, how does this all come together as one? And going from a soccer team where we're all here for the same reason. And then someone in back of house trying to understand why front of house isn't doing their job because front of house is just kind of, I'm here for fun sort of gig is such a weird dynamic. And it just goes to show like, yes, we're all here because of the restoration itself. But at the end of the day, we don't have the same purpose as to why we earn an income or why we show up for work. Somebody might be doing it to feed a family and take care of a family member that's sick. And other people might be doing it because they have to pay off their car, whatever it might be. But it was a rude awakening to realize that maybe not everyone would be so bought into the idea of what they do day in and day out because it's not their life. And soccer was. And that's what I think I struggle with too, is I was so used to making soccer my life. And so then anything I try and do, I like cling to that as if it's that's my only thing. That's my one thing. And I can only have one thing. I'm slowly realizing like you can have many baskets and you can still provide energy and and time to each one without negating from another. Exactly. It's almost like this is such a stupid, ironic metaphor with working out, but it's like, it's how I can't stop my brain from thinking every time I work out, I need to work out and burn as many calories and work out for but at minimum an hour. It's like, no, that's not the point of it. Like you can still go do yoga or Pilates or whatever that might be. Just go move your body and it'll still be just the same. And that's kind of how I need to redirect my energy. Instead of just working at 110%, I can dedicate my time to other things and other outlets. And I still give them the time and energy that they deserve and still succeed at them. And it's somehow turning off that part of us where we have to only focus on one thing 24 seven and pound it into the ground and redirect that energy into, like you said, my other baskets. I can hold more than I ever thought I could. So why not do that? Yeah. What was something that you were new at when you were done soccer? Um, new at, one second. Dang, Jen, you're putting me on the spot. You're making me sound like a loser. (laughs) Well, grad school, I was obviously new at, which was so intimidating too. going into the classrooms and 
all these people are like, oh yeah, I've worked with this company for 20 years. And I'm like, I am literally 22 guys. I'm just legal. <laughs> I had my first alcoholic drink last year. <laughs> um, I think joining co-ed, obviously that's still soccer, but that was something new that I loved. It was a way to kind of keep that soccer passion alive, but also just I'm meeting people that just want to do it for fun. Like the whole reason they're there is because they love the sport and they just want to play. And that was so beautiful of me being like, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm not here to make any crazy plays. I'm probably not even going to head the ball. So don't expect much from me. <laughs> so but if you I, kick it at my head, I'm going to duck. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think just finding, like I said, finding friends, you know, it's like, these people are cool. They, they're here for the same reason as me. But at the end of the day, we all have our lives. Like some of you guys are parents. Some of you guys are traveling the world. Some of you are CEOs of your company. And we're all just doing this one hour a week to have fun. And so that was definitely something new of also finding a new relationship with the sport, changing it from being so competitive and rah, rah to something way, way more mellow. <laughs> Beer in hand on the sidelines. <laughs> I'm like, yes, ref, this is a water. <laughs> <laughs> what is something that you did that helped you work through that transition after soccer into life? I had it pretty lucky by living with soccer girls post-college. I think it was still talking about it, being like, oh, we're washed up, whatever, but also still being in it one way or another, like kind of how I mentioned co-ed, that was a great thing, but I also still go to CFC games. I still go watch the Citadel and just kind of showing that this was so impactful to me. I want to give back. I want to show my support, but also I kind of want to be a part of something still. And so talking with MK and living with her was obviously a huge help. And those conversations post-soccer with your teammates are way different during your career. Mm -hmm. Like you said, before this started, I didn't realize that y'all were going through so much at the time. And I'm like, same, I was same. And then it's like, why were we talking about this? And so kind of just almost reliving it and going through the yearbook before closing it. I'm like, all right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about this specific moment or this season or where you were at mentally your freshman year all really helped. It yeah. was like a weight was lifted off my shoulder. Well, just you guys. Like, like, wait, I'm not alone in this either. You know, like not that anyone ever was, but it's like, I just thought maybe I was the only one feeling that way. So I just didn't say anything. And yeah. I'm sure that's how you felt too. Like, yeah. And I think too, how we were saying, like starting a job in college, I was able to find friends that didn't like, we put on we identify ourselves directly with our sport, but I, in those moments, finding people like Kylie, like one in a freaking million. She's the greatest. She, honestly, but like finding people like her along the way of like me still playing soccer, she never viewed me as the soccer player though. She just viewed me as Dakota. And so understanding that my identity is way more than just my sport was such a relief and to have someone, I was so happy that no one knew I was an athlete. You know, I was like, yes, like I am something beyond that, you know? And I think finding those friends along the way or starting a job and putting your 
passion and energy into something else was very beneficial because it kind of gave you a small outlet before having to jump into the real world and having people like Kylie there to remind me that well, I didn't even know you had a game today. That was nice. I didn't <laughs> care, <laughs> you know, and people like her and just outside world at work. Like, I don't think you and I ever talked about soccer at the rise. You know, I don't think we did unless it was like, where's our cover? We have practice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or like, like I go. Yeah, no, I agree. Like we never talked, we never talked about really practice at all. And it was like time to, to be able to not talk about it. It's great. Like we said, but it's at the end of the day, it's awful that we do that to ourselves. Like I say, I've been saying this whole time. I wish I would have talked to my teammates more. What I mean to say is I wish I would have talked to my teammates more about what I was going through. I not necessarily practice because I was actually just there and I relived the entire thing. I don't need to do it again sort of thing, but I think post-college being able to hear you guys talk about your experiences and journeys and me being a passenger on your ride was amazing, but it also, it was cool because you told me your side of it and I kind of put the pieces together of, oh, well, that's what I saw during this time, you know? Yeah. We each were in the same bus, but we weren't necessarily like all riding together, even though we're going through the same things, like where you were at is so different than where I was at mentally and yeah and just career wise like at the end of the day there's only 11 girls that can be on the field so it's having to understand that yes everyone does play a role and it's super important every single role that is on the team but mentally we're all going through different things but career wise we're all going through different things and sometimes those are hand in hand but also if someone gets the starting spot celebrate with them yeah, at the end of the day, kind of be pissed if they took your starting spot. But through all of this, we're A, kids. We were, I was 17 when I started college. I didn't I realize that. Kid. You couldn't even sign anything. I had to have my mom come with me to sign all of my college papers. I was not a legal adult. So it's like, I, and at the end of the day, that's what you are. You're a kid going through the world by yourself and it's scary as hell. So let just put your pride aside and talk to your teammates yeah (laughs) end of story (laughs) what was something that would have made your transition easier a resources I think are huge we as student athletes did have more resources when it came to school such as our own um advisors and study hall and stuff like that but I think we got caught up in the mix of us being too busy or I think some of us actually had entitlement of, Oh, well we're division one athletes. And everyone says that we're the most ideal candidate. Well, mm, that's not true. So how can we utilize our resources? And I think what I mean when I say resources is also resources along the way of people checking in and having these talks with you and saying, I think we needed a harder nudge of soccer is going to end one day. Like, what are you going to do after it? Because I think our resources at the moment were so in the moment, if that makes sense. Like, I think of like people like Kate and Keith and they're like, okay, what are you going to do next week? How can we plan this? And I, I almost needed someone to be like, chick, your season's up in two months. What do you have going for yourself? Like, 
I almost needed that reality check. And I don't think that we were having those conversations when we needed to, or utilizing the career center and just stuff like that. I wish I wouldn't have been so entitled to think that I could just get a job like that. And honestly, that I had someone to be like, you are not invincible. You are not going to be handed anything, but also have you even thought about what you're going to do after soccer? And in the moment, I don't think any of us really did. No, I always just thought like, okay, today we have practice. Today's Tuesday. So we're probably going to run tomorrow's Wednesday. It might be lighter Thursday. I know. Well, Thursday we have a game Friday. We'll kind of like shake our legs out Saturday. We'll probably travel Sunday. We play. And then it was like, and Monday we have off. Like that was it. That's how I thought. Okay, exactly. it's Tuesday now. So tomorrow we're doing lighter practice, probably walkthrough. Oh, tomorrow's game day. Okay. What are we going to have for our meal? Like it wasn't ever, okay, what are we going to do after season? Oh, well, we'll have a week and then we'll probably start lifting again. Exactly. And we kind of needed to have such a short term yeah. agenda in order to get through everything we did. But it's scary when, yes, my mind was working the exact same way of, oh, well, we're lifting on this day. So I should probably do my homework for this class on this day. I not once was thinking, okay, but what about like the next portion of your life? I also hate the idea that you need to get your life started as soon as you finish college. I think that's the worst concept ever and that everyone pushes on you, but you kind of feel it. You and it's on top of your emotions of finishing something so prolific and being like, oh God, what the heck is next? But maybe it is time to just like take a breather, talk to your parents, talk to your friends, figure out your own life and then go from there. But I also kind of wish that somebody would have been like, at one point soccer is going to end and we can, we need to figure that out. And really you, you, won't, you never want that moment to come, but it comes, it's happening. If you were talking to an athlete, it's a week after their last game, what would you tell them? I'd ask them if they took the week off first. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, did you sleep in? What are you doing? Honestly, I would tell them, A, you just had like the craziest experience of your life and you're not even going to realize it until you're done six months later, you know? And I think now we look back and- I mean, I don't, I'm not going to speak for you, but I look back and I'm like, holy shit, how did I do this? How did I juggle grad school, working full time, playing like division one soccer? How did I do it? But at the end of the day, you just do it. And yeah, you don't have an option. You're just like, all right. (laughs) And I think that you kind of need to revel in that. You need to be like, I, you're right. I did it. And I think I would tell that athlete, like, just wait. The moment's going to come and you're going to realize that you just accomplished something massive. And if you're scared of what's to come next, think about all you did in the past four years. Think about how scared you were during preseason and take that and move forward because this is going to be your preseason for the rest of your life. So just be awkward and scared for 14 days, living in Jane's house with Katie (laughs) on an air mattress. Embrace that. Embrace that weird feeling because the next four years of your life were so great. So what's this preseason? And I think that's how you should probably look at it. It's like, this is going to be tough. It's going to suck, but I'm going to figure it out. And 
figure it out on your own, on your own time, whatever timeline that suits you. Now is the time to breathe. You're not scheduled to do anything. You're not going to have a lifting session, like do something for yourself. And I think that's like you, you did it. You and Sarah just traveling, just stuff like that. I don't think we ever really understood. You did it too. You and Kylie freaking backpacking around Europe. But I think like you need to take those moments for yourself. Like everything that you've done in the past 18 years of your life has been so structured and organized, whether that's from yourself being so disciplined, but also from someone else telling you constantly what to do that for once, just do whatever you want. Yeah. And that's a good, I think it's crazy. That's a great advice. I wish it was like, I wish you could tell, I wish that you were talking to me when I was done. I look back, I'm like, am I the same person? (laughs) Isn't that crazy? I think if I had met 17 year old Dakota now, would I even recognize that person? Like if she walked by me, would I be like, that was me when I was younger? I would probably be like, what the heck, you know? Yeah. And in those questions, Jen, like you want to be able to tell them that athlete, like it's going to get better or this or that, but like what advice, what subject do you even want me to give advice to? Because there's so many things. It's like losing the sport is like losing part of your identity. It's what's to come. Did you search for a job? All these different things. And it's interesting to see like, what's your why? And you know, my why is like, you've done so much, kick your feet up and breathe for a second and really look at who you were and what you've accomplished and how much you've grown because now that person post soccer is you're going to change in four years yeah find your why and continue to find it whether it's during soccer after soccer even like who I was last year before even COVID started so different than who I am now and I still have the same values I think and I still have the same goals in a, in a way, but I feel like I carry myself a lot differently. And then I can't even imagine to think three years ago when we were playing four years ago, freshman year, it's, it's like, it's incredible to look back and think about that stuff. Like if you were to look at yourself every single year entering college, your freshman would version of you is so different from your sophomore and it just goes to show how pivotal all of it is and to think that like you said just COVID I've changed so much in a year you know if you thought soccer was hell well there was a pandemic too so you know like (laughs) and that's it's a good good point kind of like shit hits the fan and it's gonna hit the fan in real life too yeah like it's not just gonna be in your sport you can't push something off or make excuses it's gonna be disastrous at some points and how do you pick yourself up and how do you move forward and at the end of the day I'm still relying on my girls amen (laughs) same people I'll still be reaching out to exactly that's it like it always comes down to that is like nothing really stays consistent except the people like you guys where we lived isn't necessarily like the same who we're living with what we're doing none of it except at the end of the day if I need to experience my greatest joys and share that with someone or tell you guys about the really shitty day I had like it's gonna be you guys it's the people that I was able to lean on and that doesn't change leaning on those people when you need it most 
whether that's to cry or laugh or whatever that stays consistent at least for us I think it did exactly and like you said so many other things can change such as not even playing the same sport anymore you know like that part of your life's over and done with but I still have the best group of people around me and that's not going to change so I think also just finding that constant in your life like you guys were my constant you guys were what kept me going and I seriously do think that sometimes like I would like look over and be like oh my god I'm dying you're like whatever it would have been and I see somebody else throwing up next to me and I'm like she's here too I see Tracy passed out at the end of the field I'm like you know what I could make another 120. (laughs) I hear someone puke and rally as we try and pretend we actually don't go out to parties while we're running. Like I said, those things are the biggest takeaways for me. And I know everyone else has a different why. And I'm not saying that I went into soccer to find friends, but now that's my why. Yeah. Those are my girls. And that is one of my biggest takeaways from my time in college sports. What would your walkout song be? I don't want something cliche like bring them out, bring them out. I listened to that song today. (laughs) (laughs) I want something edgy. (laughs) Um, What would your walkout song be? Oh, you know, I'm trying to think of like my biggest hype song in which I would be like Mary on the Ox. I know, right? Okay, this is so inappropriate, but. I love Every Girl in the World by Young Money. It is, it gets me going every time. It is so inappropriate and it it is so great. And honestly, I'm about to go work out and I'm going to listen to it in the car. It <laughs> gets me hype and it's don't advise playing it in front of children. I would honestly probably have some like old school Lil Wayne or Drake, you know, like right above it is like kind of the That's vibe a good one. Thinking. You know, just like one. my middle school self riding on the bus, rapping to it, like, that shit, and I'm like, don't even know half the words, but that is probably full circle for me, and that's the song I would want to play. That's like, a good one. Know? Or like headlines, you know? Oh my headlines God. is a good headline is that's a banger. Well, I appreciate you chatting, and I think you had like just some incredible points and you just drove them home with your experiences and I just appreciate it. I appreciate you using this and calling on your peers and everyone to kind of speak up and be an advocate but also bring the community closer. The soccer community in the sports world it's already a tight-knit group and talking about it and bringing to light some of these topics is perfect and I think you're doing an excellent job at it and I'm just honored that I got the call I couldn't do it without you